Welcome to The New Beyond, a podcast that invites listeners to learn how to not only think outside the box, but learn how to live outside it. The New Beyond is a place in consciousness that lies beyond ideas of normal and abnormal. It's a place where the new comfort zone has much more to do with your willingness to play big and be uncomfortable while you're learning how to navigate this brave new world. Hello, I'm Dr. Judith Rich, an octogenarian, coach, and author of the best-selling book, Beyond the Box. I've spent nearly five decades in the field of transformation, coaching people all over the world how to identify and break through old patterns and limiting beliefs that have kept them stuck and challenged to move their lives in the direction of what matters most. In this podcast, we'll hear from some interesting people in the field of transformation and others who, by example, are courageously tearing down old walls, reinventing themselves, and building their lives in the new beyond. And I'll be adding some personal perspective and hopefully some wisdom and insight as we go. So let's dive in as we begin an adventure in going beyond where you think you can go. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to The New Beyond. This episode is being recorded before a live virtual audience. So audience, go ahead and unmute yourselves, and let's give a big welcome to our podcast listeners. Hello. Hello. Welcome. Awesome. 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 Thank you. Tonight, we've gathered together to celebrate the first anniversary of The New Beyond, and I'm calling this episode Celebrating Community, Collaboration, and Consciousness. Here with us tonight are my dear friends and colleagues, Michael Strasner, Lisa Kalman, and Lynn Sheridan. I'm so honored to have you here. Do you want to say a few words? Well, I'll just say, hi, everybody. Welcome. It's unbelievably inspiring to see all of you here tonight, and not only to hear us, but to celebrate Judith. And really, Judith could ask me to do anything, and I would say yes. So what I, all I want to say is, Judith, thank you for who you are, who you, the trail you blazed for me and for the three of us, as well as the work you continue to do that makes our world a better place. So my, our, our privilege. Thank you. Thank you. Incredibly excited to be here. Honored to be here. I look at all the faces. I'm filled with so much love. Most of you know, I mostly look at your faces because I've seen my face every single day. I'm filled with so much love and gratitude and Judith for what you have created and consistently create a voice of stability, reason, evoking and pure love. And I am so grateful for you. Yes, same thing. Ditto. Anytime, anywhere. <laughs> Be careful. <laughs> Be careful what you ask for. <laughs> Thank you. Michael, say hello to the audience. Hi, everybody. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm excited. Looking forward to tonight and what we're going to create. And as was said, I'd like to just add that uh, this is a lot of fun for me to get to do things like this with fellow trainers and colleagues and partners in transformation, as well as people that I love and admire and respect. And it's wonderful to see so many faces who I have connected with over the years in so many different trainings and different experiences working together, but also new faces and people from all over the world. I saw somebody from Thailand. Yes. So this is oh, exciting. And look yeah. going to create tonight. And I also love you, Judith. And Judith and I have had a, a nonstop podcast for about 35 years. So I'm just <laughs> excited that we're going to let other people into it. So this is going to be. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you, Michael. Thank you so much. Oh, and go ahead and write in the chat where y'all are from. That would be fun mm -hmm. to know where everybody is coming from. I know we have people here from Mexico. And uh, you, you mentioned Thailand, Bermuda, Dallas. Phoenix, Nova Scotia, Australia, New York, 
Oh my goodness, look at this. Ooh. Boston, Asheville, North Carolina, Canada, San Francisco, Sedona, Arizona. Welcome everybody. It's just awesome that you're here. So to borrow a term from Lisa, I just, what I want to say about you three stellar human beings, my guess, uh, you are all transformational, badass coaches and mindset wizards. I love that term. And uh, in addition, you're all authors. So I'd like to just give your books a little plug. Michael's books are Living on the Skinny Branches and Mastering Leadership. Lisa is the author of The Problem is the Way You See the Problem. And Lynn's book is The Birds and Bees of Joyful Monogamy. And of course, my book is Beyond the Box. I'll leave links in the show notes to this podcast with information on where you can uh, find them if you're interested. The three of us or the four of us have been stalwarts in the field of leadership and transformation having coached and trained collectively for over 170 years. <laughs> really? 170 years. <laughs> Amazing. And we've coached thousands of people all over the world. So we have literally, I think, kind of grown up in the trenches of transformation. So here's what we have planned for tonight. We'll spend approximately the first half of our time together sharing and discussing our perspectives and insights on this evening's topics. And in the second half, there will be an opportunity for your questions. Your questions can be about anything that's been covered so far on the podcast this past year, anything that came up for you as you listened, like new awarenesses about yourself or your process or general questions about transformation or leadership. So for our live audience, as your questions come up for you, please go ahead and put them in the chat. And not to worry, if we don't get to answer all your questions, I'm gonna collect them all and use them as material for future podcast episodes. So I'd like to begin with a little share about the origin, the origin story of this podcast. One year ago, I was approaching my 80th birthday, which is now squarely in the rear view mirror. And I, and I wondered how to best mark this milestone in my life. For nearly 50 years, I've traveled the world speaking, training, coaching, and mentoring people to uncover and develop their unmet potential and to use that potential to live into their unlived lives to dare to dream and then manifest their deepest longings and desires. And in all of these years, I've never thought of this work as a job. With the exception of six years teaching school when I was in my twenties, other than that, I've actually never had a job in a traditional sense. I have had what some would call a job I don't need to retire from. I've lived my life in service to a calling that has taken me to places I never dreamed I would go, met people I never dreamed I would meet, and have had the privilege to engage in people's lives at a level of intimacy I never deemed possible. And I think I can safely say that my guests here also share that experience. We have all been forged in the trenches of transformation. So in turning 80, with nearly a half century of experience under my belt, I wondered, what's next? Where do I go now? How do I serve now? What new horizons await my discovery? I never even considered retirement. And then I had a crazy idea. It occurred to me that since I've been a fan of podcasts, Almost since the dawn of podcasting, I thought, why not do my own podcast? Why not use my voice and my experience and my ability to connect with people via a completely different medium? And thus the new beyond was born. So for starters, I just wanna thank all of you for coming along with me on this journey into the new beyond. 
when we entered the pandemic three years ago now, no one had any idea how long it would last or where we would end up. But I felt quite certain we were not going back to whatever we considered normal or even to some new version of normal, some new normal. I thought of Rumi's poem, The Field, in which he says, quote, out beyond ideas of wrongdoing and rightdoing, there is a field. I'll meet you there. And I thought, this is where we're going. And the pandemic is the vehicle that's taking us there. I published my book, Beyond the Box, in 2018. Actually, I, I wrote it. I spent a few years writing it before it was actually published, long before the pandemic. And I'd like to share some words that I wrote in the introduction to the book. The, um, the context of it being, the context of the book is about learning to be comfortable being uncomfortable given the level of massive change that we're undergoing. And so I wrote this three years before the pandemic. Our job as human beings inhabiting planet earth today is to develop the inner and outer skills necessary to find ourselves again and again as we get caught in the riptides of change and lose our way. Life today dictates that you learn these skills and do this work. In spite of the chaos, disruption, and turbulence, we can learn to not only survive, but to thrive in these times. We can use this time as an opportunity to clean our inner house, take a reckoning of ourselves, discover who we are, and learn to build courage and resilience. We can learn to use the energy of chaos and turbulence to create transformational change in our lives if we're willing to prepare ourselves and participate fully. Here's the part that was, I thought was quite prescient. One thing is for certain, we're not going back from whence we came but neither do we know what lies ahead. We only know we have within ourselves the raw material from which to forge a creative and satisfying life, even in the face of unprecedented change. And even if we don't yet know how to access our raw material, we can sense its potential. And that's the fuel we're going to use to build out that brave new life. So nearly three years later, the <laughs> pandemic happened. And I thought, oh, we are going beyond anything we've ever known. No one living on the planet today had ever experienced an event like the pandemic where we were all thrown out of our comfort zones collectively and simultaneously. It's like, you know, everything, everywhere, all at once. Didn't somebody do a movie about that? That's what we were in and we're still in. Think back to those early days of the pandemic before vaccines and medicines came online, when people were dying by the thousands, hospitals were being overwhelmed. Those were scary moments. Many people lost family members and loved ones. And we were all, you know, we were on lockdown, schools were closed, businesses were closed. We were all faced with how do we get through this? How do we manage our lives in the face of this existential and physical threat to our very existence? Some people met this experience with fear and some people met it with this consciousness. This is a new moment. What's possible here? So at the beginning of the pandemic, I saw it an, uh, an opportunity to do everything I could do to up-level my health, which seemed like a pretty good strategy for somebody my age. So I dra drastically changed my diet, 
I eliminated sugar and dairy, switched to a plant-based diet, began a non-negotiable morning routine of a minimum of three miles walking every day. And to this day, I still maintain that regimen. So for me, uh, it, it was an opportunity. And there was also the opportunity to take advantage of the fact that I was no longer going to be getting on airplanes and flying to places to conduct these seminars in person. We were already in the new beyond. We just didn't have a name for it, but here we are. And now the pandemic is, for the moment at least, fading into the background. But something fundamentally has changed as a result in our collective experience. And we are still going through massive change and disruption. Old paradigms are crumbling and we're at a crossroads. Will we go back to what was because it's known and predictable, even though it didn't work for everyone? Or will we find the will and the courage to invent and create a new possibility for how to live? A new consciousness awaits us. It's what we call in transformation lingo, a world that works for everyone. And while that might sound like a pipe dream, that world is already being created. Yes, it is. As a species, we are already evolving to become the kind of humans that will not only embrace a new consciousness, but we will use that consciousness to construct that new world. It's what those of us who are engaged in the work of transformation take on as a personal assignment. It's an individual choice we make to stand as source of a transformed world. That might sound like an impossibility. An individual human being standing as source for the whole world? Yes, yes, and therein lies the work beginning in each individual life. You know, this very idea lights me up and puts wind in my sails. So while I'm about to celebrate another birthday, the very idea that we are evolving and creating a different kind of world is what has me want to stick around for a few more. So tonight is not only about celebrating the first anniversary of the podcast, it's also providing an opportunity to talk about that new world we're creating. So I've chosen three pillars that make up the context of this new world that I'm calling the new beyond as the theme for this evening. And they are community, collaboration, and consciousness. So I'd like to begin with consciousness because I define the new beyond as a place in consciousness. In consciousness is where everything begins. Consciousness is the field from which everything is sourced. In other words, consciousness is the collective field that constitutes everything in the universe. Think about the contents of the universe. The stars, the planets, the galaxies, the meteors, the asteroids, all the things that are whizzing and flying around in the field. Guess what is also there? Us. We are in and of that field, every bit as much as the planets and the stars. In fact, we are made of the same material as the stars. Astrophysicist Carl Sagan said, we are made of star stuff. He said, we are a way for the cosmos to know itself. Think about that. What do you suppose he meant by that? We are a way for the cosmos to know itself. To me, that suggests that there is some kind of intelligence that is informing all of that. I think he meant possibly that the universe is expressing itself through us. 
as us. It is literally using us and our individual consciousness to actualize its potential. I did a podcast episode, I think last week, called What You Want Wants You, in which I go into this in depth. So if you want to know more about how this all works, I would refer you to that episode. The work of transformation is literally about transforming consciousness. So how does that work? I'd like to invite my friends, Michael, Lisa, and Lynn, to share your thoughts about this. How does consciousness get transformed? Who'd like to take a stab at it? Uh, okay, um, if so much is going through my head, Judith, as you're speaking. Like the downloads are, are constant and I could listen to you all night. And I love your perspective and wisdom. So I actually looked up the pillars of the dictionary, nerd, nerd ball that I am. Uh, and the one I loved about consciousness was actually from the Urban Dictionary, which was the infinite awareness of the present. The infinite awareness of the present. And what came up for me about that, particularly around the work of transformation that we all do, and I get the, I get the privilege of being with people in level two, and and Michael has has been a level two trainer, and Lynn is a level one trainer, and opens that door for people, and you've been all of the above, and taken all the way to the end. When I'm in that second level training, uh, getting people to the present requires that they let go of what's filling that up. And what's filling that up are our automatic, uh, our automatic thinking, our beliefs, our assumptions, the way we automatically relate, react, and see the world. And so one of the ways transformation opens up consciousness is to give space for the experiencing of what is to allow for an open space for what wants to emerge, which is ultimately pure consciousness when we are out of the way. So that's, for me, that's what came up as, as we were, you were speaking. And then I, I thought about in, you know, being the infinite awareness of the present. Fully present means letting go of what is so I can be fully in the now. So, Which is a whole piece of work, isn't it? Right? A whole, oh yeah. I mean, that's a whole chunk of work, letting go of what is to be present in the now. How are we doing on that, gang? <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of work. Yeah, it's an opportunity. Yeah. That's my, my take on it. Love Michael, that. what you got? What you got? <laughs> You know, I think of a couple things here. First of all, I think of my mom telling me when I was a child that the world does not revolve around you. And how many times she said that? Like, I can recall many things my mother said. And one of them that was like a never ending, what does she mean <laughs> by the world does not revolve around you? I, I believe in her own way, she was inviting me to be conscious, inviting me to be aware, inviting me mm. to be in relationship to the world around me. When I think of transformation, I think of connection. I think of intimacy. I think of embracing my own experience and the experience I am creating and generating around me. My relationship to my wife, my relationship to my kids, my relationship to people. My experience of a lot of us, given the world we live in, is that we often are in a disconnected, self-absorbed state. And we're not in a conscious awareness or, or sensitivity or 
commitment to be present, as Lisa was saying, with others. And so one of the things that always amazes me is how little people think about how they impact people around them. And if they could see a videotape of themselves in action, is this what they would choose? And I often mm -hmm. think to myself, no way. So I was doing a meeting the other day for a, uh, a small group of people that I'm working with. And there was a particular person that was in the meeting. And when I tell you that she was showing up in a way that she was not conscious of who she was being, how she was showing up, and how it was impacting people. If she could see it, there's no way she would, one, believe that was her. She would probably think that it was some kind of fake news, some kind of, you know, orchestrated, you know, fallacy, because it would be so impossible to believe that that's how I'm being. But at the same time, if we could swallow that pill that is hard to swallow sometimes, which is not just the awareness, but the acceptance of who I'm being, the acceptance of how I'm showing up, and then turn into some form of responsibility or committed action that I could fix it, change it, alter it. And then consciousness is not just an awareness or a, let's call it a, um, an idea or being, it also can move into action and that's when transformation occurs. So, Lynn, what are your thoughts? You're muted, Lenny. Sorry, just so engrossed in listening. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, the first thing that occurred for me was something for me that maybe some of you have heard me say. I, I've said a, a transformation is a shift in the way we relate with ourselves, with others, with our world, with our circumstances, with our obstacles, with our conditions. And so for me, that shift initially in the first training, which I just love, I love that I got everybody walking in and there's nothing. There is pure possibility. And that shift in how I begin to see my own thinking, how I begin to see my own reactions, my emotions, who I am, how other people are responding to me is the beginning. And then for me, that shift and breakthrough opens into we're not just in mental awareness. We know the first training is mostly mental awareness and, and seeing ourselves in action and beginning to break it. But then breakthrough is I now have a different way of being in the world. So I'm resonating. I'm vibrating. For those of you, you know, I'm going to duck into quantum physics. A lot of you, I'm vibrating at a different level. That means that what begins to show up in my space and my relationships with my partner with my kids with my friends that alters around me that vibrational and as judith was saying then we're shifting so we got our intention so we're awakening in the first training then we begin to get okay mindful of ourselves and then living with intention in such a way that we're aware of our actions and we're conscious about how we show up we're matching our emotions with our thinking, our emotional way of being, and then we send out a signal into the quantum field, that pure potentiality, and what resonates with that comes back to us. So we always get what we intend at some level, we're putting it out there, we resonate, it's when we get off. This is the magic, everybody comes out of breakthrough and we're high as a kite, and we're, <laughs> we're on fire. And it doesn't even matter what we're saying. We can, People can say, what did you do? I don't know. This is amazing. It was incredible. We have no words for it. But we're resonating in such a way that like comes back and meets us. And that's that magic. And then I practice is how do we align that? How do we navigate this new way of being matching in such a way that we're creating that shift consistently? in our relationship. So my, as Michael said so beautifully, so we can see ourselves in action. 
I want to add something. You know, it's almost like an in your body and out of your body experience. So how can I be conscious if I'm not aware of my own experience? Like what I want, what I need, how I'm feeling, um, what works for me, what doesn't work for me. Um, and then being in tune with my mental body, spiritual body, physical body, emotional body, when I'm aware, then I can make choices. Mm -hmm. And here's the challenge though. Here's the conundrum that human beings face. We live, there is such a thing as our collective consciousness. So there's not just our individual consciousness. There's our collective consciousness. And what is the consciousness of the collective in which we live on planet Earth today? It's the consciousness of fear and separation. Those are the, those are the predominating consciousness on the planet. And so although our pure consciousness, our essential nature is one of unity and oneness, you know, at, at the deepest core of our being, that is where we, that is how we vibrate and that is who we are. All of that is taking place in an environment of fear and the illusion of separation. It looks like we're separate, doesn't it? It looks like, and it feels like there's me and then there's everything else. So in that collective consciousness, transformation arises, the possibility to wake up. I mean, this is the job of transformation is waking up inside of a consciousness where most humans are asleep, right? Most humans are asleep and they're unconscious. So what Michael, what, you know, what each of you has talked about is we, you know, we don't have a clue about our impact on other people or even about 90% of our emotions, 90% of our thoughts, 90% of our feelings, 90% of our memories, all of the content, 90% of the content of our consciousness lies below the level of our conscious awareness. So we're pretty much operating in the dark, which is why we have no clue what the impact is we're having out there on other people, right? So. So the work, I mean, when people come in to do the work of transformation, it is much more about letting go of stuff, getting rid of stuff, than it is about adding more stuff, mm -hmm. right? Um, so yeah, I love what you said, Lynn, about that we're all vibrating at a certain level. And what is it that determines how we're vibrating? The content of our consciousness. Yeah. All of our thoughts, our feelings, our memories, our stories, our interpretations, all of those things are vibrating in us, which has us vibrating at a certain, uh, at a certain frequency. And we will attract to us what is vibrating at that same frequency. That's what you referred to, Lynn. Yeah. So consciousness uh, my friend, Eleanor, I think you guys, many of you know Eleanor, says that uh, she has a saying called the hand that holds the bouquet. Mm -hmm. And I would say that consciousness is the hand that holds the bouquet because everything emanates from there. And so, yes, uh, we get to unlearn a lot. Yes, we are here to unlearn mm -hmm. as much as we are to learn. And yeah, so, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I'm just going to say one of the things that I find uh, joyful and fun and kind of, um, you know, devilish a little bit is that so many people come into the work to create some kind of content better relationships, better health, more money, more success, whatever. And what I love about the, the work at the level and, and the four of us is that we know, we have the inside joke that we're actually shifting their entire consciousness through the work of transformation. 
and I have such faith, and I know it's it, it, it takes a matter of leaping and faith that that shift in them will impact the consciousness of the planet. You know, I have faith that that is what really ultimately are what we're up to. And so it's just, because not everybody realizes that's what's occurring for them. It yeah. didn't for me until I figured it out. Like I, I did the usual thing of like, you know, better job, better this, better that. Till I went, oh shit, this is something else. <laughs> And, and when that consciousness is transformed, when those shifts happen, then the content that they came in to fix or change gets, uh, gets produced. The content that they want, the results that they want get produced, but there's kind of a, there's a different path into it. Not exactly the direct path that people think. Yeah. I want to add something. I, I think that it's about, I think it's about uncluttering and letting go of stuff, which is something you said, Judith. And for mm -hmm. sure, that's important. I also think it's about reclaiming. Mm -hmm. There are innate gifts that we all have mm -hmm. that we forgot about, we downplayed, we minimized, we buried, mm -hmm. we abandoned, mm -hmm. whatever, whatever happened in the cluttering and the and the making up stuff that doesn't work about us denied those things and so when we unclutter we can then bring back to life and breathe life into the gifts and the talents and the and the conversations and attitudes that can change our lives and ultimately the stuff you know, the, the creating of the things that people come and say they want. And yes, I also think, I also think that a lot of people come from this mentality that I want to fix it or give me something quick, fast and, and help me get where I want to be, where what they're missing is, is that the 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 ferns or the flowers are not growing in this environment no matter how many times we buy them and we plant them they continue to die and so the problem is not the plant the problem is not the seeds the problem is not you know where you're buying them from the breakdown is the the soil the environment and when the environment transforms when the context the consciousness transforms, then all the things that we say we want, money, the relationships, the body that we want, the business, the, the things, the stuff can happen and not just happen short term. Here's what we have in common. 170 years of living this work, not just coaching other people to live this work. We live this work. We embody this work. So think about the goals you had 40 years ago, Judith, when you, when you enrolled in transformational leadership and Lisa and Lynn and me, I mean, I was 21 for God's sakes. Am I the same person today? I was when I was 21. Do I have the same, you know, am I still working on the same commitments and goals I had when I was 21 and boy, I hope I can finally get there, you know, 37 years in no, my life is completely tra transformed and changed and, and what I'm up to and where I'm at and, and all of that. But what hasn't changed is the commitment to live the work, to live into this awareness and connection and conscious life that we are all living. So, yeah. And Lisa, your book, The Problem is How You See the Problem, I think is exactly what Michael was pointing towards, wasn't it? Yeah. I want to add in just, just a little, because uh, it's such a rich conversation. I think sometimes we can get into linear on, I will, if I be this, then I will get this. I will get the thing that I've wanted instead of how do we be that it is so? How do we be that the world already is in oneness? 
and that the, is love. How do we move and see and be consistent with that, which takes real chutzpah, I'm going to say. It takes real uh, determination to not get enrolled in what our culture would like to enroll in or the world would like to enroll in, but to move through the world being that it is so. And, and really, last night, I had a privilege of being with some of you in a a workshop that Lisa and I do. And it, along the lines of, I am that. There is nothing that I would like to push outside of me. Whatever I deem over there that I want to judge, assess, say is bad, say is wrong, I am that. There is no over there. And how do we be moving through the world, I am that with every human being in every moment, humbling ourselves, really being present that that illusion of separation doesn't exist. And for me, you know, David Hawkins, some of you know the book, uh, Power Versus Force. We're offsetting a huge part of the planet when we're moving through the world from courage and responsibility are the two hallmarks. So of transformation. One is we dip our toes into responsibility in the first training. By no means do we walk into the water until breakthrough. <laughs> we are just dipping our toes in responsibility. And then in practice, we go, oh my gosh, well, I am creating it all. I am creating the whole and, uh, and then courage. And living from there consistently really is something. That's the work, isn't it? That is the work. That's the work. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we, we could, uh, I, I think we could probably spend the whole evening talking about this, but mm. I'd like to move, I'd like to forward this to talk about the next pillar that we're here to celebrate tonight, which is the pillar of collaboration, which I think is a fundamental distinction of a transformed world, not based on competition, not based on I got to get mine. I'm first. I win, you lose. But the consciousness of seeing that, hey, we're all in this together, right? Nobody wins uh, unless we all win. Ultimately, we don't win unless we all win. So thoughts about collaboration as it regards leadership, transformation, consciousness, whatever. Well, let, let me just say, we're here, the four of us collaborating tonight. Audience, you are here collaborating with us. This mm -hmm. is a collaboration. This event is a community in collaboration. So maybe we can talk about those two things together, because right. obviously collaboration doesn't happen uh, all alone. It, it implies that there's community. So maybe we can just talk about the importance of community in the human experience. You know, we are social beings. We are social beings. There's a saying in South Africa uh, called, um, uh, there's a word in South Africa called umbutu, umbutu. And it means I am who I am because of who we all are. So we, we are not human beings in isolation. We are human because we are connected. Well, I would like to go jump ahead. on that. Yeah, yeah, go. Well, you're, you're bringing up Doc Rivers now and the coach of the Boston Celtics who brought that spirit and consciousness into being the coach of the Boston Celtics in 2008 when they won the NBA Finals and beat the Lakers. For all you Laker fans, I love you anyway. <laughs> and, and that's what he brought. And, and the idea, I think the idea is really what we, what we stand for in our work, starting in level one with win-win. And level two of nobody wins unless everybody wins. And level three of standing for and being committed to your team and fighting for your team to be amazing and great and extraordinary and creating a championship team. And it just keeps building. And where does it end? I mean, what is our family? 
isn't our family a collaboration? And and then when our family expands and other people are now in relationship, isn't that also part of us? And so I don't think there is a there's an end to the idea of unit unity and connection and opening the space up for sharing and generosity. You know, when I think of collaboration, I think of generosity and, and sharing. And I also think of abundance. You know, who, who could possibly be focused on collaboration if we're in survival, if we're in scarcity, if we're in desperation? You know, we're in collaboration when we're in generosity, when we want to uh, make a difference in people's lives, when we're caring and concerned and empathetic towards others. And, and I believe that that is what makes life worth living. I mean, it certainly does for me. I, when I see other people light up, other people have breakthroughs, other people share about the impact they're making in the world, it, it's, it's better than anything I've ever done in my own life. It's absolutely what inspires everybody to play bigger and aim higher, right? Because we feed each other. You know, we see that in, in uh, the people that we coach and the people that we train, how energetically they're all connected. And that, that energetic connection elevates everyone. What is it? A rising tide lifts all boats. Mm -hmm. We don't get to a world that works for everyone without collaboration, do we? We don't get to trans, you know, transformation begins in our individual lives and then kind of the ripple effect into our families and into our, our, our personal worlds. And so, you know, if we take on the assignment, if you will, it's, as I think that we all have, is standing as source of a transformed world. We have taken that to heart. We are literally, we have literally in our careers traveled the world standing as source with communities, I know we've got, you know, people here from all different countries. You are here because you have been touched by the energy and the consciousness that has been shared into your, into, into where you are. There, like you say, Michael, there is no end, right? There are no boundaries. It's, it's unlimited, as is our potential. So, uh, and anybody else before we move on? Anybody uh, I, else? I, I was just going to say, Judith, it's so fundamental to who we are and what we stand for. It's almost like, well, of course. And I just heard recently somebody said this. I don't know where this quote's from. It said, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Yes. And fundamentally, this has been going on since literally caveman times. You know, they went together to hunt and the, and the women, if they gathered and all that were together. And then one of the definitions, let me just say this really quickly, is so interesting to me, is about collaborating with one's enemy. Like that's a piece of the original definition. And for me, that's the new beyond of what we get to step into. Not our quote enemy, but the people in our lives who don't see it the way we see it, whether it's political, whether it's spiritual, whatever that is. How do we collaborate without? I mean, this is a whole new possibility of collaboration is everyone. It isn't just the people who agree with us. Right. And that's where I think what's the possibility in my own family or with you know, uh, my, my friends or anybody I'm with, like, okay, they may not see it the way I see it. And what, what's the common possibility we can find? Mm. Yeah. I'm just adding one brief thing. Cause all of this is just amazing. Tying in community, the root of the word community is all, all union, all, so that isn't just mine. That is not this community against this community or positions, right, wrong, um, make wrong over there. It is all. And so I think they're directly related. How do we be in such a way that we want to understand a perspective that's different than ours? And we want to see, especially we're valuing and honoring the person if we're in 
I love you. I, I trust you. I want to know how you see this because I see it a different way. And, and I'm curious because I know who you are from there must be worth here. There's value. I respect you. Yeah. Beautiful. Take the word, take the word community, common unity. There you go. And it is essential for human beings. You know, it's like one of the primary needs on Maslow's hierarchy of needs is belonging. We, we have a fundamental need as humans to feel that we belong, right? First of all, in our families. And then as we grow and develop, we branch out and our communities expand. And so community is just so fundamental to uh, the work that we do is done in community. We are here tonight as community. I mean, just the energy, you know, what you guys are sharing in the chat, and we're going to get to your questions in a minute here. Uh, just the power of community. We see people, the four of us, work with people who, uh, who work together in communities who go beyond where they thought they could go because they had the support of their community, because their community was standing for them when they didn't believe in themselves or when they didn't think they could do it, right? Mm -hmm. So community is absolutely a fundamental part of the human experience and transformation. And that's a wrap for this week's episode of The New Beyond recorded before a live virtual audience gathered to celebrate the first anniversary of this podcast. Tune in next week for part two of this episode, the Q&A part where we take questions from the audience gathered with us on Zoom. Meanwhile, don't forget to join our new private Facebook group, living in the new beyond and become a member of the beyond squad. I'll leave a link in the show notes. Also, thank you so much for being with us on the journey into the new beyond. We'll see you next week here. Many blessings.